my heart, and I believe it breaks the heart of God. Like, I wish we could meet every single week over this past year. It, it drove me crazy that we had to take breaks and we had to do online surge for a season. So my prayer is this, Father, make us one. But I was not the first to pray this prayer. Actually, in fact, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, he prayed this in John chapter 17. In John 17, we see Jesus praying a prayer. And in this prayer, we see two interesting things. The first thing is this, he prays for us. He prays for us. And we will look at that in just a minute. But number two is Jesus has a prayer request. Now, if you grew up in church, you know what this is. Like even maybe in your community groups, maybe you go around and you take prayer requests and you pray for each other. But Jesus has a prayer request. Imagine sitting in a circle with Jesus. Like, does anyone have a prayer request? And Jesus is like, actually, I have a request. I have a request. Yes, it happened. And Jesus had a prayer request. And in this passage that we're going to look at tonight, we discover what Jesus asked the Father for. Now, wouldn't you want to know what Jesus asked the Father for? What Jesus wanted prayer for? We know what we want prayer for. Like our prayers go something like this. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for so-and-so. Thank you for this. I pray for my school. I pray for my test. I pray that you'll help me. I pray that so-and-so will get better. I pray th- that's kind of what our prayers look like. So Jesus had a prayer. So what did he pray for? Here's the context. This is at the very end of Jesus' life. So just a matter of hours after this, Jesus is arrested. He's tried. He's crucified. So that's the context. We're at the very end of his life. So here he's praying at the end and he asks something of his heavenly father. And what he asks of his heavenly father has everything to do with you and with me. For everyone who considers themselves a Christian, a Christ follower, has everything to do with you. And here's what he prayed. John chapter 17. We'll start reading in verse 1 and we'll kind of skip around in John 17. This is what he said. When Jesus has spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, so this is what he prayed, Father, the hour has come. So here we are. This is three years. He's been with his disciples for three years. And now the hour has come. It says, glorify your son. In other words, light me up in such a way that others recognize who I am. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Jesus is like, all right, the time has come. The hour has come. It's about to happen. But before all those other events kick off, before they come and try me and crucify me, there's something that I have got to ask God for. And here's what he says in verse 11. It says, I am no longer in the world, but they, and he's talking to his disciples. He's praying for his disciples. He says, they are in the world and I am coming to you. He's like, I'm leaving them. I'm leaving them behind, but what comes next is just amazing. What comes next, most Christians don't even know is in Scripture. And here is the prayer request at the very end. It says, Holy Father, Holy Father, keep them. Or some translation says, protect them. These 12 guys, in your name, which you have given me, so that... We will stop right there for a second. So that, in other words, here's the purpose. So that, so that what? Here's the purpose behind what he's asking God for. 
this protection, this, for God to keep them. And already, if you look in Luke, I think it's chapter 21, Jesus has already given them some pretty bad news. He's talk, he, t- he was talking to his 12 disciples like, all right, some of you guys are going to be arrested and some of you guys are going to be flogged and beating and some of you guys are actually going to be killed in, for my name. That's your future. So Jesus is praying that God will protect them, but he's not praying for their physical protection. He's praying for something that he thinks is more important than their physical protection. So that, and here it is, here's the one prayer request Here's what he wanted them to be protected from more than anything else. So that they may be one, even as we are one. At the very end, the thing that Jesus was most concerned about was their unity. Their oneness. Because here's what he knew And what he was going to say in the next few verses. He knew that as long as they were in stride with each other. As long as they were in unity with each other. And with their heavenly father. That they would change the world. But if they ever got divided. Things would stall out for them. And then in verse 20. Jesus does something really, really cool. He prays for you and for me. For us. And here's a prayer of Jesus for his church. He prayed this in verse 20. Jesus says, I am praying not only for these disciples, so not just these 12 guys. He says, but also for all, for all who will ever believe in me through their message. In other words, that the next generation of Christians and the next generation and the next generation and the next and the next and the next all the way leading up to us here today in 2021. And what do you think he prays for? What do you think he prays for? And the answer is not what we pray for. In fact, here is something that is really sad and convicting to me. My hunch is That almost none of us that consider ourselves Jesus followers have asked God for what Jesus asked God for. Or maybe you have once or twice, or it's not, for most of us, this is not a daily prayer that we pray to Jesus. Almost none of us have prayed the prayer that Jesus prays for us, even though he modeled it in Scripture. This is clearly. Close to the heart of God. And it's important to him in his final hours. Maybe. Maybe if Christians have been pleading and begging God for this, the world that we live in would be a different place. The state that we live in would be a different place. The city that we live in would be a different place. Our city, our church, our student ministry, the families that we live in, you and I would be different. So what is it? This is it right here. Verse 21. It says, I pray they will all, all. In the first century, when this was written, that meant Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, slaves and freemen, tax collectors and those that pay the taxes, educated and uneducated, everyone 
Today it means Republicans and Democrats, the privileged and the not privileged, the independents and the indecisive and the libertarians and the librarians and the white and the brown and the blacks and the marriage and the singles and the young and the old. It means everyone, all of us, all the people who call me Lord. Don't miss this. Jesus in John 17 is praying for you and he's praying for me. No matter where you are or where you're from or what your experiences is or how good life has been or how, how bad life has been, I pray that they will all, and here it is, be one. Be one. And this seems impossible. This seems impossible in the year that we have just experienced even the news today when i watch the news like this seems impossible that our country even would be one would be unified the united states of america i feel like this is impossible there's so much division but even though this sounds impossible Jesus told us that it's imperative. It's imperative. This wasn't an add-on. This wasn't, no, if you want to be one or be united, that would be nice. No, he says, this is imperative that you are one, which means that you and I and all of us together needs to be intentional with this. About ensuring that there is unity among the local churches and among believers and even here in the student ministry. And this is hard because we've all been raised differently. And as a result, we have different convictions about different things. Things that bother you don't bother me. Things that bother me doesn't bother you. Things that bother you doesn't bother those that you're sitting beside. We've all been raised different with different convictions and different things politically and relationally. Every kind of way. And Jesus is like, my church... My church, so he's writing this as my church is going to be so diverse. My church is going to be so international. My church is going to have so many different languages and so many different colors and so many different cultures. If there's just one thing I pray for, God, let them be one. Let them remain one. And then he continues his prayer. He says, I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be one in us, so that, and there it is again, so that. It's another clause. Here's the reason he prayed for oneness. He prayed for oneness because he wanted but because of what he wanted to do through us. Listen, there can be a lack of unity in our student ministry. And guess what? We will survive. We will survive. But if there is a lack of unity in our student ministry... I believe that the will of God will be hindered. If there's division in our student ministry, God would not accomplish what he wants to accomplish in and through us. That will be hindered. 
Look at what he says. The reason I want them to be one is so that the world, not the people inside the church, but the people outside the church. So Jesus is praying this. It's like, I want them to be one so that the world will believe you sent me. It's for their benefit. Sure, we do benefit from it, but it's for their benefit. It's for your friends who don't know Christ. It's for your family members who don't know Christ. When we are unified, it benefits them so that they would know Christ. This is mission critical. The way the world would notice who Jesus is, the way your friends and your family who don't know Christ would notice who he is, is when the local church works together and we are unified as one. Even though we may disagree on certain topics. Listen, you and I will not see eye to eye on every topic. I will have different views than you have. But we can still be united around that. And Jesus is like this. This right here is what would get the attention of the pagan world that we live in. And when you and I and those in this room and those in our church and those down the streets become united, I'm telling you, it benefits those who don't know Christ. In fact, here's what Jesus said in John 13, back a few chapters. He says, the new commandment I give you. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. Just as I, Jesus, have loved you, you also are to love one another. This is a new command. This is not a new suggestion. This is a new command that Jesus gives. These are the marching orders. And again, it's not about us. Look at this. It's not even about us. Listen to what he says is the reason for doing this. He says, by this, by you loving one another as Christ has loved you, all people, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's how important this is. This is a kingdom thing. Now back to John 17, verse 22 says this. It says, and I, not, and, sorry, I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect Unity, not political unity, not racial unity, but perfect unity. So that, and there it is again, it's not about me. It says, so that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Now, here's the cool thing. The disciples did this. If you read the book of Acts, you see that they were unified and they went on the streets for, with one purpose. With one purpose, and their purpose was to make disciples of all nations. And they went with one message. And their message was that Jesus was the Messiah. That Jesus was the Messiah. That he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he laid down his life for you and for me. And then they went to the streets of Jerusalem with one command. To love each other the way that they saw Jesus Love them. Now imagine this. 
We pray to Jesus all the time that Jesus would come and answer our prayers. But what if we, high schoolers, middle schoolers, those that are watching online, what if we became the answer to Jesus' prayer that he prayed in John 17? Father, make them one. What would it take to unify believers around the world? What would it take to unify the church? What would it take to unify our student ministry? And to wrap up, I want to give you three ones that I want you to remember as we leave. Three ones for you to remind you, as, just as, as a, a reminder as we leave. And the first one is very obvious. What would it take to unify the church? I think first we need to recognize that we have one enemy. We have one enemy. If we recognize that we have a spiritual enemy who is attacking the cause of Christ, it would change things. So what is our enemy? Listen, the church down the streets is not our enemy. Listen, I have a lot of good friends who are student pastors all over Topeka. And I love the fact that God is using them and using their churches for his glory. So the churches are not our enemy. We have a spiritual enemy, and his name is Lucifer. His name is Satan, and he is the prince of darkness. He is the evil one. He is the liar. He is the deceiver, the destroyer. He is the one who wants to bring division inside of the church. Jesus said this in John 10, 10, speaking of Satan, he called him a thief. He says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy What does he want to do? He wants to steal our unity. I think Satan in 2020 is having a heyday. It's like, look at all the division in the the church and, and in our country. He wants to steal our unity. He wants to kill our churches. And he wants to destroy Christianity. So you may wonder, how do I know this? He says this in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. He says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So here's what he told us to do. He says, resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. So we have one enemy. The second thing is this. It's one heart. And I think for a lot of us, we need to pray this prayer right here. Jesus, renew my heart. This is kind of what David prayed in in Psalm 51. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not take away your Holy Spirit, but restore to me the joy of my salvation. I think for a lot of us, guys, we have lost that joy. We have lost that joy that we had when we first came to Christ, or maybe that joy that we had when we were at Summer Camp or Fall Retreat, that joy that we had. So Jesus, renew my heart. Help me to help my heart to be unified with yours. Can I confess something to you? I had to pray this just this week. Over the past Month in December, I felt dry. 
spiritually dry. And part of it was we, our family came down with COVID and we, we were just kind of sick for a while. And then we traveled a lot for, for Christmas. But I, I really had no desire to dig in his, into his word and to spend time in prayer. I struggled last month. And I asked Jesus, renew my heart. Renew my heart. Help my heart to be unified with yours. But in order for me to have a heart of God, we have got to open his word. And we have got to read his word. And we have to spend time in prayer. You guys know this. This is elementary stuff. So what would it take? It takes recognizing that we have one enemy. It would take one heart. And the third thing is this, one purpose. And this is the same thing we saw with the disciples. Jesus tells us in Matthew, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus told us, you have one purpose. That's to go and make disciples. Of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I love that last sentence because we, a lot of times we just kind of disregard that. It says, it says, Teaching them to observe all that I command in you. He says, Behold, I am with you always. I am with you. Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. Go. That's our purpose. We have one purpose as Christians. That's to go and make disciples. If we, as a student ministry in the church, got around this one purpose, we could see God do some really, really cool things. And my challenge for you is this. My challenge for you is this, that each of you would go and serve outside of yourself. And I know COVID has messed that up for a lot of us. A lot of you guys were serving here on a consistent basis, and that hasn't really happened because of things, of, of the church shutting down and stuff. But I'm really hopeful that we have two opportunities this summer. With Camp Barnabas, we're hoping that that will continue this summer. In Cabo, Mexico. And we are actually starting sign-ups for, for those trips now. And we would love for you to get involved and to serve. What would happen if we got around this idea and we recognize oh, we have one enemy. Okay, we have that. And we resist them and we stand firm in our faith. And we have to take that one heart and we pray, renew my heart, Jesus. And we left and we walked out these doors with one purpose. And that is to go make disciples. What would happen with our student ministry? What would happen with you in your own life? And my, here's my hope for each of us. Because I know when I was your age, I don't ever remember praying for unity in our, in our churches, in our country, in our world. I don't ever remember praying for that. But it's my prayer, it's my hope 
that you will kind of put that at the top of your prayer list and pray for unity among our student ministry and pray for unity in our church and pray for unity in our city, pray for unity in our state and pray for unity in our country and pray for unity in our world. Maybe for unity in your family. Move that to the top of your list. And let's be united and praying together for unity. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing one more song. And it's going to be a more chill song. And Ben's going to come up and lead us in this. And what I want to do during this song is ask you, I want to go back to the last slide. I ask you to pray this right here. Jesus, renew my heart. Because if you're like me, maybe you're in a season that has just been spiritually dry. You've been in the season where you haven't really been with your friends that much. You haven't really been to church that much. You just have zero desire to, to open his word and zero desire to pray. So during this song, maybe this is your prayer. Jesus, renew my heart. Help my heart to be unified with yours. And then after the song is over, we're gonna, I'm going to have Ben kind of keep playing it a little bit in the background. And then we're going to spend some time praying for our country. Because, like I said earlier, when I look at the country, I feel hopeless. I feel like it's impossible for God to bring unity. But if believers can get together and be unified and pray for unity for our country, I believe God can do it. I believe God can bring unity in our country. So during this time, let's pray, and then let's sing, and let's kind of meditate on the words of this song that we're about to sing. And then we're going to come back together, and together corporately, for those online, those the middle schoolers here in this room, we're going to pray for our country. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love and your grace towards us. And God, I pray right now that you will just speak to our hearts, that you will um, convict us, that you will show us where we need to um, confess things in our life that um, maybe have um, that we just kind of let pile up God I pray that you will renew our hearts that you will renew our hearts that you will give us the joy that we had when we came to know you God restore the joy of our salvation I pray this in your name Jesus Amen I just want to see